you prepared to survive at any cost? This is PlayStation Radio UK. Peggy 18. This is fancy. Damn right, Ellie. This was PlayStation Radio UK's headquarters. You ever stayed a place like this? I before... It all went to shit, I mean. Once. I was doing an interview a while back. It went pretty awesome. Those guys are great. Ugh. You okay? Yeah. I miss him is all. It's such a good time, and... Ooh, what a night. Holy shit, Joel! Pipe down, Ellie. Be like 13. You couldn't possibly understand. I love PlayStation Radio UK. The darkness is falling, the sky has turned gray. The hound in the distance is starting to bay. I wonder, I wonder what she's thinking of. Forsaken, forgotten, without any love. Hey guys and welcome to an audio special, unless you're watching on YouTube. We're going to be spoiling The Last of Us from here on in, so if you haven't played it, then don't watch Fuck or listen off. to this. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. We'll do that. So um, yeah, it's me and Ben. Hey, Simon. Hi. Where's Patrick? He, he didn't turn up. What a loser, man. So, so me and Ben are the, are the last of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's all from us. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> and that was the last of us spoiler cast. <laughs> Didn't we do well? Okay, so uh, let's talk about the opening because we haven't been able to talk about that. And it was, you know, there's so many secrets that have been really well kept that you, I wouldn't have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was definitely the opening. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect... I didn't expect the opening for... First of all, you play as Joel's daughter... Didn't expect that. Yeah. And then second of all, it's that emotional within the first 10 minutes. It reminded me a lot of Heavy Rain at the start, that bit where you're wandering around the house. I bet when you were playing, yeah. you're like, fucking hell, am I going to have to take out some plates and then put them back and then place them and then, and then pick them up and put them down at it? Oh. <laughs> I can never find the plates. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, um, you have to find the plates first. Yeah, that in, in Heavy Rain, that took me ages, but we're not talking about Heavy Rain. Um, one of the interesting things about the start of the game is that you play as a defenseless character mm-hmm. and you're just walking about really slowly. Everything starts to unravel extremely slowly. There's a really great section where you're watching the news and then there's an explosion which happens on the news and then it's outside the window at the same time. Yeah, you can see it from the yeah from the house. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you go downstairs, you see the police cars going past and then it, finally it all unravels at the one point when the guy comes bursting in the door and there's Joel, your dad, who saves you. Um, and he kills a neighbour as well, doesn't he? Yeah. And That's that the was first like time you see the infected. Kill. Yeah. Um, and now, then the minute you control Joel, which is just after this, he's also defenceless because he's carrying um, Sarah. Yes, yeah, you go on a little car ride, don't you, into, into town, trying yeah. to find a safe way. Yeah. So, the first ten minutes of the game extremely emotional and you play as two defenseless characters it's an opening unlike any other yep and uh, in my opinion it was the most emotional part of the game as well for me I disagree I highly no. disagree I think the well, we'll most to... emotional part was the end see I didn't get that we'll talk about that later though. yeah we're, we're gonna um, go through kind of chronologically we'll end yeah. on the end then we've got some um, some of our listeners have chimed in with what they thought of the game mm-hmm and we'll uh, we'll get to those guys at the end because they they talk mainly about the end of the game, but they also have some other gripes as well. Yeah. The the opening though, I mean, I I teared up at that, and I that's never happened to me with a game before. No, 
I mean, people talk about tearing up at games all the time, and it just doesn't seem to happen to me. But the start of that game, yeah, I teared up a little bit. Yeah, it was it was just so sad, and it, I mean, kudos to the 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 actors because they they make this game, and the the little girl was just perfect in in that well, bit, and it was just it was so sad because it was impacted by the fact that she wasn't infected, and she was shot by the authorities for you know doing nothing. Yeah, and it, it was just awful. And it's not just it's not just the actors though, is it? Because one of the things I'm going to talk about in a little bit is how good the animations are in this game. Oh yeah, you know yeah, really. it's up there with like Pixar, the way that they the subtle animations, just the way the eyes move. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've played Ellie Noir, and the facial animation in that game is perfect because of the way they did it with like their technology. Yeah, but the rest of the game couldn't keep up with the with the facial animation. Whereas this game, they've seemed to seem to get it. But it just looks more realistic, and it looks so human. You forget you're playing a game. It's, it's like a movie. Mm. Um. Yeah, it was amazing to both the voice acting and the animations. We've also we've also seen Tommy at this point as well, uh, Joel's brother, who comes back up later on. Yeah, right at the end, near the end. Um, but one of the things I was talking about was the slow pace at the start, and there's very few games that will go back to that slow pace once the action has started. Mm-hmm. Bioshock Infinite was one of the ones that did. Sometimes you get to sections and you don't have to fight. The Last of Us is also like that. There's a lot of times when you're just walking about, looking at the environment, and the environments in this game are perfect. The way that they're so detailed, they're so fully realised. And then also back to the acting, you've got the characters who will say stuff about what they're seeing. Not always to you. Sometimes like when Ellie was with some of the other characters about her age, they're talking about things from the perspective of someone that has grown up after the infection happened. Yeah. And that kind of thing isn't really to do with the main storyline, but it just helps so much to kind of make the world real. Mm-hmm. Well, I, unfortunately, I, I've played it over the course of a few weeks, and I think I've I've lost quite a lot of the experience by doing it that way, because all my memories are of the, the last couple of hours, because I played those most recently, and uh, yeah, if I'd have played it sort of in a compact am- amount of time like I imagine it was it was intended to be played I, I probably I probably would have a bit more to say but unfortunately it's been you know it's it's been such a spread out experience for me that I forget the subtleties um, but they were definitely there it's I'm kind of the same but I played it when did I finish it last week over a week ago uh, yeah thereabouts but one of the my favorite moments was you go into this house and you notice things, like on the wall, there was painted the word Rachel and an arrow pointing down to a note. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you read the note and it's like, okay, we're gonna meet, I can't wait any longer, they're making me leave my house. I'll meet you at um, the safe zone. Yeah. And then you're looking about the house and you go into different houses and you can see like the exact location where they gave up packing clothes and useless shit and they just thought we need to get out of this house now. That kind of stuff is just, you know, you could play it and not notice and still really enjoy the game, but it's that extra level of detail. It's not like other video games where, oh, we'll just spray paint on the wall, we'll just some random words. Everything in The Last of Us really has a meaning that you can read into. And the notes all have impact as well. I mean, I'm yeah. fairly sure that most of the notes relate to something that you can physically see around where a you found the, the notes. Yeah. Sometimes you go into a place and you can't, there isn't a note, but you can see something. Like, I remember mm-hmm. when I went into one place and there was um, there was a corpse handcuffed to a post and and it had, like, an arrow coming out of his chest. Yeah. And there was nothing to tell you what happened there. But you start to think inside your own head, well, mm-hmm. what could have happened to make this to make this corpse here handcuffed to a pole? Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things about this game is no matter where you go in The Last of Us, it's 20 years since, since the infection. Mm-hmm. Everything has been explored. People have been looking for food for any kind of weapon. Every apartment, every house you go to has been searched by survivors. Yeah. Now, yeah, there's also, well, some of the strongest characters in any game ever. Um, Ellie and Joel, I would say, are probably, especially Ellie, the strongest characters I've ever played. Like, I've, ever, I've ever, never had an emotional connection with a character in a video game like that before. Um, even though games have tried to make you have one, like Heavy Rain and Sean, 
I think it's I think it's mainly because she starts off as sort of a well. In fact, she never really was. I was going to compare it to to Clementine uh, from The Walking Dead, but she never really was like that. And it, but she starts off rough around the edges, and you see her develop into this what well, was kind of a monster, really, just like Joel. You know, there are several stages during the game where she's she's being re really violent, and and she would never used to do that kind of stuff. And there's uh, a few songs on the soundtrack that sort of point to this where they have things like uh, vanishing childhood, childhood vanishing grace that kind of yeah. stuff are the names of the tracks and it's it's the same track but it's got sort of a different effect on it and it's sort of in, you know it doesn't sound quite right which you know is very indicative of what happened in the game yeah but the difference between Ellie and Joel here is that Joel lost what he lost his humanity the minute his daughter died and mm. you see the start of the game one of my favourite things about The Last of Us is he gets given a watch and um, it's his birthday at the start of the game and then throughout the game you might have even missed it but he's looking at his watch at times certain cutscenes he's looking down at his watch and right at the end of the game he gives his, his, his watch a touch he never forgot Sarah whereas Ellie she's at times just as violent but she's also like come over here look at these giraffes she's still mm. got a bit of human inside her and when we talk about the yeah. end of the game, you really see that Joel is—he's one of the, like one of the most deep characters in a game because at the end of it, you realise you're not playing a hero; you're just playing mm. a survivor, and that's it. He's just doing what he needs to do to survive. Yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of the, a lot of the decisions he does, he makes along the way are you, well, you might not have made them yourself. And this isn't like a Walking Dead type game; you can't kind of shape the story around what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, you're very much playing as Joel. Um, uh, right from the start, he starts to just shut out human emotion. He's really vulnerable. Um, yeah, no, he's not really vulnerable because he's shutting out the human emo uh, emotion. So like, you know, Ellie tries to bring up Sarah, tries to bring up anything to do with the past. Um, one of the first things that happens is there's a character right near the start of the game called what was her name again? Tess. Tess. And it, this is where you're playing a Naughty Dog game and you realise, wow, this is nothing like Uncharted because one of the main characters just died and she's not coming yeah. back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the cool things about Tess was that she was clearly the stronger person. She was like the leader between Joel and, and Tess. Mm -hmm. And that was pro probably because although it's been 20 years and he's not talking about Sarah and, and there's no kind of hint to that, you think he's probably just, you know, he doesn't want to leave the quarantine zone. He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He's just kind of leaning on Tess. And then Tess dies. And it's like, if that was Uncharted, that would not have happened. I mean, there's a bit in Uncharted where you, um, in Uncharted 3, spoilers to that as well, I guess. But if you haven't played that, you're a fool. Um, there's a bit in Uncharted 3 where you think that Sully's dead. And then, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes later at the most, he's back again. Mm -hmm. And in The Last of Us, it's just the complete opposite. If someone dies, they're dead. There's been times when I've been playing the game and I've died, but I, it was like almost like a cutscene. So I didn't know, like, you know, I've been like, okay, I'm dead. I'm gonna play as Ellie now. And then I've realized, oh wait, no, that was, I go back to a checkpoint here, you know? <laughs> yeah. And there was, yeah. A, I mean, there's a whole part in the middle of the game if we jump forward a bit, where Joel lands on a spike, and I I thought, okay, Joel's dead. You know, there's no way he's coming back from that. But then it turns out to be one of my favorite parts of the game where you play as Ellie looking after Joel. Mm -hmm. And it just adds a whole new depth to both of their characters. Because all before that, you thought, okay, I'm playing as Joel, I'm the protector. Ellie sometimes, you know, saves my life when I'm drowning in a puddle. But that's as far as that's going to go. And then you realise it's not that Ellie relies on Joel. It starts to turn. Joel relies on her. And right at the end of the game, you see just how much. Should we talk about the end a bit? Yeah. Yeah? You got anything you want to say? My mind's a complete blank. I, I can't really explain it. It's that I get what, you know, everyone's saying, like, like, you are saying and everyone else like ah oh, this moment was amazing and you know it really speaks about their relationship and stuff but i kind of just take that for granted when i play 
And I don't know if that's something wrong with me because I didn't get that with Bioshock. Like, I genuinely appreciated the sort of dynamic between Booker and Elizabeth. But for some reason here, I get, you know, Joel's an emotionally complicated character, but it, it never really jumped out to me like that was particularly groundbreaking. And I don't know if that's just me. I don't know if I'm alone there. It's, it's an amazing game and you can't take that away from it, but it's it just nothing really amazed me here apart from the opening and... So you don't like the game that much? Well, I don't know. I don't really know. Like, I did. I did like it. I thought it was awesome. But it's it maybe because I was playing it in such a disjointed way that, that I just I didn't get the same experience that other people did. Because I know maybe. that because you say taking it for granted, but when you really sit back and look, I can't think of any other game that has characters as, as well-developed or as complicated as this. I finished it earlier today, and all I can think about is what happened at the end. Like, I just, I can't think about anything else that happened throughout the game. Okay, what if I give you a, a moment that I want to talk about? Because one okay. of my other favourite moments was David, who was the leader of a survivor group, mm -hmm. who, to survive, ate some of their fallen comrades. Yeah. And, you know, I also at the credits, that was Nolan North voicing David, so mad props to him for that acting talent. He kidnaps you, and there's that whole kind of, you know, I'm a nice guy, I'm gonna, I, you don't need to go back to the Joel. And then, you know, she calls him an animal because they eat humans. But then she gets down on her hands and knees like an animal and starts eating the food. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a massive bit throughout the game which is just at what point do different people lose all their humanity and their morals and just become animals? Because you see it between certain degrees you see there you know there's a humvee with bodies chained to it mm -hmm. and that's animalistic but then there's the you know there's um who are the two black guys that you meet on the way i mean you know they've got it to a lesser degree where you know he's ready Henry to, and sam yeah he's ready to kill you if you get um if he gets anywhere near sam and sam vice versa just like you and ellie when you're playing mm -hmm. and and then just after that Ellie starts smashing David's head in with a hatchet and, uh, you know, and this is an 18 game and they didn't even show his face there. I think that if they had, it would have, um, I don't think it would have got, would have got an Australian release. <laughs> so they panned back in on the knife and I was expecting to see a face, but we didn't see anything. No, but I think that, and this is the other thing, you're playing the game and there's just an amazing moment and suddenly it comes up autumn, winter and just big letters, and it's like, wow, that was amazing. And mm. then skips forward a season, and you can see the effect that it had on the characters. For example, just after that bit with David, suddenly you're playing as Ellie, or you're playing as Joel, and Ellie's kind of more distant, and she's, you can tell that that experience had an effect on her. But it's not like in other games where that would have to be spelled out to you, or would have to be explained in some dialogue with, with no point to it. Mm. Um, I was talking about the hunting section on the podcast last week. I guess you played that now? Yes. I just thought it was a really interesting part of the game. Again, it's that kind of where you're suddenly killing zombies and stuff or infected and then suddenly the pace just slows right down again and you're just tracking an animal. Mm -hmm. um, I just find that really interesting, just having those, those parallels between the different kinds of combat and, and the, different, the different ways that you have to survive. You know, you go from cleaning out cupboards to suddenly you've got a bow and you're, you know, kind of soaking through the woods. So well, one of the bits, one of the few bits that I suppose emotionally impacted me in terms of, um, you know, sitting back and saying, wow, OK, I wasn't expecting that, was the, the bit between Henry and Sam, uh, that, that dynamic where they were travelling together. And Sam, this, was a, this is a problem I have with the game generally, is that sometimes it broadcasts what's going to happen. So I could tell as soon as he was acting shifty the night before that he'd obviously been bitten. And I, I just knew that he'd been bitten. I don't think I don't know if they were trying to hide yeah, that, I but it was they, very obvious to me. Um, and it kind of disappointed me because I thought, oh, well, you know, that's the big twist and, oh, big surprise. Oh, she's woken up. Oh, you can go and get him if you want to, you know, if you want to eat breakfast or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, so she goes through and is like, oh, he's turned. Oh, my goodness me. And then there's this, this standoff where... Uh, Joel is trying to help Ellie and uh, Henry's freaking out and then he ends up shooting his brother and then he's pointing a gun at Joel 
I, I suppose they they just took it in a totally different way where I was where I was kind of disappointed that I knew that he was going to have turned and I was like, oh, big surprise, he's turned and they're attacking. And then he just shoots himself in the head and it cuts mm -hmm. to black. And I, yeah. that, I was not expecting that at all. That was one of the few moments in this game where I was just totally taken aback. But I, I just wasn't expecting that to happen before that. And the very beginning of the game, I would say, were the two moments that, that stand out to me as, as something that I was not expecting to happen happening. I, the way I look at it is the, the most the most impactful moments in the game are I'm going to sound like a douche but there's a lot of little things throughout the game mm -hmm. that build up to this climactic ending and the reason people talk about the emotional tie between Ellie and Joel is because by the time you get to the end and suddenly you realise that you know this person that you've grown attached to is going to die so that mm -hmm for the good of like mankind as a, as a cure you really care for her and you don't want it to happen and I think that that moment where I thought okay what's going to happen in this game am I going to get her in time or is she going to die I that was really emotional to me and it wasn't emotional where I was like tearing up but it was emotional where I just didn't want her to die more so than I've ever not wanted a character to die in the game I felt that a lot of those moments were spoiled for me by the fact that there was so much stuff to loot and look around for. So when there were things like he was he was saying, "I'm coming, Ellie," and stuff like that, I was just looking in a in a toilet for for alcohol to make molotovs. <laughs> and then he and jumps down like the toilet. Yeah, and I'm I mean, there's always that below. sense. There's there's always that sense that that there is no time limit. And I didn't get that, but I think that I sometimes know that I could probably wait forever, but I'm playing the game and I don't. Mm. Um, but yeah, that is something that games have a lot. There was there was the bit at the end, so we're moving on to the end now, where yeah. she's in the hospital, she's being operated on, and you're trying to get to her. And yes, all I wanted to about. do was just get to that room. Um, but there's just so many people to, to get rid of or try and get past that it was almost you know impossible to avoid them in many stages. Um, and in the last stage, I, I literally just threw a smoke bomb, sprinted through all of them, and then pressed triangle on the door, and you know he goes into an animation to close it behind him, and then that's it. Those soldiers are taken care of, I suppose, despite the fact that you have just ran through that room. Yeah, I mean, I playing it on hard. There was a bit, there were some sections where you know you're playing it and you're dying a lot, and you just you want. I would have liked there to have been less enemies before you got to the operation room, because I felt like. Okay, I'm dying here. This is kind of ruining the tension. But at the same time, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I got to the operating room and I saw her on the table and I saw three doctors and I thought, is it too late? Because I still didn't know. And then I got in there, shoved this scalpel into one of the guy's necks and just ran off. And, well, the bit at the end is because when I was playing that, I thought, okay, don't die. I'm leaving. And I'm like, okay, good. I've even killed the person that was going to come after her. You know, did you did you attack anyone else in that room? No, because I, I I didn't get a button prompt to pick up Ellie, so I just slammed the the lady doctor's head into the into the wall, Fuck. which was quite gruesome. And then the last guy just cowers away and just says, "You can take the girl. You can take the girl. Just mm -hmm. leave me yeah. alone." And when he was when the first guy was pointing a scalpel at me, I I honestly thought that might be a decision at that point, and he was saying, "Think about what you're doing." And I just, I stood there for a few seconds and I tried to walk away, but I, I couldn't. So, you know, I, yeah, I, was, I, I, I had to... I thought that this might be a game where there's, just, there's decisions at the end, but I was glad it wasn't because mm. I thought, I honestly don't know why I chose. They even do a, you know, a one-two punch on you there right at the end with the, uh, what's the name of the leader of the Fireflies? I can't remember what she's called. I know who you mean though, yeah. Like I, I'm, I was playing it and I thought, okay, even she's dead we're free that's a good ending right that's the happy ending and in my head i was thinking the whole time whole time before that it will be extremely emotional if ellie dies and it was gonna it will be a, like a, an ending to remember but they didn't go for that they didn't take the easy option out instead they, right at the end you save ellie but not not because it's something that you think she should be saved you save her because you're selfish mm. you save her because you need her to have something to cling on to to survive and it's just such a bittersweet ending the one-two punch i was talking about mm -hmm. was the um is it marlene is that her name maybe yeah i think so it is where you know you're holding 
uh, Ellie and she's pointing a gun at you and she's just surrendering the gun and then it cuts away so you're not sure whether or not you've actually given up Ellie and it yeah. cuts to cuts yeah. to him in the car doesn't it driving away and then you hear Ellie in the background stirring in the back of the car and then it cuts back and you know you shoot her in the wherever and then you shoot her in the head and you know that that whole segment is you know a, a level of violence from Joel we've we've never seen where you know he shoots the guy in the stomach twice to get information from him when he's being escorted out of the building and then shot in the head yep you know we yep. haven't seen that side of him before we've seen him being really violent but we you know we've never seen him doing anything just quite so ruthless to people who are really only trying to 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 benefit mankind but it's at Joel's expense so he's not yeah, going to have not, it it's not for suddenly at the end it's not for surviving it's for it's for selfish reasons it's not for oh, it's okay for totally selfish to reasons yeah. yeah yeah and i don't know that doesn't make people were saying that makes um, Joel a bad character it makes him you know evil it makes him human it makes him human and he's and he he's right through the end of the game because it and often in films and stuff you see you know one of the clichés of video games and and basically all forms of medium of media um of entertainment rather are um you know, you've got the the guy who's attached to a female and the female dies at the start and then the rest of it's him getting back to his senses kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like even the Making amends. Of a date movie, yeah. Um, but in this, it's not. It's This is what happened in his life. 20 years on, he's still not over it. End of the game, he's not over it. Yeah. Right at the end of the game, he's um, there's a bit where he says, um, I struggled for a long time surviving. And then you see he touches his watch again right at the end of the game. You know, he struggled for a long time surviving because he didn't have anything to live for. You know, his daughter was dead. Hmm. And the kind of um, the hint there is he's not going to struggle survivor anymore because he's got Ellie and he learns halfway, about halfway through the game that that is something worth surviving for. Hmm. And then when he realises that it's going to get taken away from him, he doesn't want to go back to, like floating through life but not um, killing yourself there's a bit in the game where he says um, trust me killing yourself isn't the easy way isn't the easy option it's not the easy way out you know he says it takes courage and that kind of hints again that he's probably tried it and you know it, without his daughter there was no life and then suddenly he's gonna get Ellie taken off him and he just does the completely selfish thing yeah do you want a really poncy pretentious point Yes, I do. And some alliteration as well. You can take that. That's for free. That's for you. (laughs) Hold on to that. Um, The fact that you play as Ellie at the end there, walking up to uh, his brother's settlement, where he's just spouting all this stuff, like, you know, I think you'd have got on with Sarah, you know. And it's clear that he sort of adopted Ellie into this sort of surrogate daughter role, whether she likes it or not. But certainly not a replacement. And, And it's... It's it's interesting that it lets you play as Ellie during that because you sort of and the fact that Joel goes up the log first and then has to pull you up and stuff it kind of shows that whether or not she likes the fact that he lied to her because she can clearly t- clearly tell that he lied uh, about the fact that the fireflies didn't need her um, you know she needs him as much as he needs her but mainly she needs him like the whole getting up the log thing and I just thought that was interesting how it made you play as her right at the end well you know I have my own take on this and it's mostly that Joel definitely needs her but in a different way she needs him or because what I was thinking of was her whole life is since she gets bitten is being donated to helping people mm-hmm. and she says throughout the game that's worth doing and that's something that's her thing to live for that's not Joel's that's her goal and then she gets to the end and she can probably realise that Joel's lying because, you know, she woke up in hospital clothes in the back of a car. That's not normal, you know? Why wouldn't yeah. she have spoken to the Fireflies? So she probably knows that Joel's lying. But right at the end, she asks him. Um, she says, hey, swear to me, swear to me that it's true. And I think that's her way of kind of making sure that instead of giving her life to the Fireflies to help people, She's going to give it to Joel to help him because he needs her just as much as the Fireflies did. And I think that so long as she's helping people, she doesn't mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's open to interpretation that end, but it's clear that both of them need one another. Um, 
I was just trying to focus on the fact that you were made to control Ellie for a section that was less than five minutes long. Yeah. And I mean, even the, you know, normally it's you're controlling Joel and it's Ellie who's who's going up on the high things and then having to push something down to get you up. But right at the end, it's Joel doing that. And you're not playing as Joel for that. And you don't even have to look around for anything. It just happens instantly. You know, it's it's a very straightforward set piece there where you just helped up a little cliff. It all culminates in, you know, Ellie asking Joel this question, which he he lies without even, you know, changing his expression. You know, he's, as far as he's concerned, he made the right decision. I think that Ellie probably knows that he was lying. But that's partly what makes it so good, is, and, and that's, it ends perfectly. I don't know if some people didn't like the ending. In fact, there was a focus group that said uh, they need to change the ending. When I finished it earlier, though, I wasn't, I wasn't wowed, honestly. Like, I, I wasn't blown away, but I just had to sit and think about what happened and yeah. why it was so important in the grand scheme of things. It was, it was such an understated ending, but it meant so much because of what had happened between the two of them. It's understated, yeah, but it also, it grows on you a lot. I, I, one thing I, I, I would have liked them to play up on a bit more is the fact that Ellie was actually carrying the virus. Um, and they only touched on this once where there was the bit with the... Where she bites um, David. Yeah, where she bites David and she's like, oh, you're infected now. Yeah. But they, they didn't play that up much and I thought that was quite interesting. There's a bit in like 28 weeks later where the blood carries over from one person who was immune into someone else and they become infected. And that's like the main part of 28 weeks later. Right. But in The Last of Us, it was kind of like one bit of dialogue and I was left thinking, okay, so did she actually infect them or was that a bluff? Yeah. Um, and yeah. that completely changes everything, doesn't it? If at the end that she's going to live her whole life trying not to infect people by mistake. Um, I was also kind of amazed that neither of them really thought that she would end up probably having to die to to give the... Um, I didn't think that. The, the thingy. Like, I, I, you know, I always assumed that... Maybe they did know they were trying to suppress it, but maybe we'll never know that. But I always, I always thought that, it, you know, it could never just be... Okay, we're just going to take a small amount of your blood and we'll be sorted because it's you know it's not that simple, um, and it's clear from the infected where the you know where the uh, the virus comes from. It's you know it's from the head. It bursts out into bro- broccoli head, cauliflower head. Yeah. Um, and it was clear that they were going to have to get some samples of that, and that would involve you know going in the in the brain. Well, I wouldn't say that's clear. I mean, I'm no doctor, but it, it's transferred through bites and stuff, right? Right. So that's into the blood system, so it can travel through the blood. So I yeah. mean, the um, the immunity would be in the blood, right? That's what I that's what I was just expecting. Um, but it's a good point. I mean, she does say in the game, she says, um, "Oh, I've had I've had blood taken before or something." She says in the safe zone. Uh, she's talking about it, and she says that she's had injections before. So she's not expecting to have her head cut open. Yeah, but they weren't to to get antibodies, surely. No, I'm just saying that she didn't, she knew that she didn't know that she was going to go there and die. She hadn't signed yeah. up for that. Yeah, but playing on that, you you did say that earlier that that she said that this was her reason for for trying to stay alive is, yeah. is for this. So uh-huh. in some way, maybe like she knew that, that this this is what she was going to be used for. Um, but. Uh, with with these games like this, it was it was the same with the the Walking Dead, um, where you could just tell that someone was going to die, like someone important was going to die at the end. And it was going to be really sad, um, and didn't happen here. I mean, lots of key characters arguably died along the way, which was unexpected, um, but none of the two main cast actually died, which I thought was kind of refreshing in a way, but also, you know. It, it would have been very impactful at the end if, if one of them had died, but the, the ending they gave was just so different from anything else we're used to that yeah. it was excellent in its own way. Uh, that's exactly my views as well. Um, it could have been an instant kind of power that is, you know, one of the characters dying. But then it, when that happens in films, it's always easy to weigh it up and say, OK, well, he did. she may have died, but she saved the world. But whereas the ending they went for, it was still bleak. But it also, you know, I don't think anyone would have seen it coming. Everyone was kind of expecting someone to die at the end of that. Mm. But it also retained its power, and it's like a power that just builds slowly. You're like, okay, 
but Joel's a dick. He shouldn't have done that. She should yeah. have died. And when you go back to how you feel right, be- right before, when she's on the operating table, you're like, okay, she can't die. And then after you've played it in the end, you're like, she she should have died. She had to. Hmm. And it, you know, you can. You, it's so hard to explain, but you really can't. You can't describe the emotion you get after that's happened um, until you've played the game. Shall we move on to some listener questions? Yes, here? we should. We put out the call earlier. It was basically just Bioshock Infinite or The Last of Us. And just wanted to, you know, get people's reactions. Obviously, it's a very hard question. But it, yeah, it's a hard choice, and people might be listening, saying, "Okay, why would, why would you compare those two games?" But when it comes to Game of the Year, the other two games that are going to be chosen. I mean, it's a tough question. I don't think I could answer it, honestly. I could. Uh, I really enjoyed them both. I think, I, in fact, I enjoyed Bioshock more than I enjoyed The Last of Us, but as an experience, I would rate The Last of Us higher. Now, here's the thing. I enjoyed The Last of Us about the same gameplay-wise as Bioshock Infinite. But when I finished Bioshock Infinite, I thought, okay, that game is up there with Portal 2 as my favourite game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of story. Um, but then I finished The Last of Us and I thought, okay, that's up there with my favourite thing ever. You know, that's definitely... What's, like out of interest, game. what is your favourite thing? Because it, it doesn't have to be a game, like, is it? Um, probably that or and vaginal intercourse. <laughs> nice. That's a good one to have up there. It is. And that's an innuendo right there too. Uh, so, PlankFan on Twitter very helpfully responded with yes... Which is not really the answer we were looking for, but thank you. Oh, that's that's good. Thanks. Yep. Yes. Uh, Darren Hart, Dazzler, says The Last of Us because it made me want to finish it. Bioshock is still sitting there waiting to be completed. Well, can't okay. knock it till you try it. Sam Spence uh, started his email on Twitter and then ran out of characters, and then he went on to to send us an email. <laughs> okay. So we'll uh, we'll move over to emails now. This is from Sam. He says, I will keep it short and start off with highlights. One, when Joel is being drowned and Ellie saves him, it was the fact that he completely disregards what she did for him that made this a highlight. So kind of like, you know, the fact that he wasn't willing to accept that this little girl was so much trouble um, at the beginning. I think that bit was when they were going through the hotel. Well, he, he disregards her for, yeah, most of the first half of the game. And yeah. that's because he doesn't want to be emotionally tied to anyone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to have that same feeling he had when his daughter died. I think it was mainly that point that was so impactful because yeah. that was the first time Ellie actually saved him and he didn't uh-huh. even acknowledge it, which was yeah. uh, quite a big moment. Well, he did He did a bit after, and it's like he's trying hard not to, not to open up to her, but then he just can't help it. And I think that's done yeah. really well in the game. Uh, he then goes on to say, number two, Omf- the ending was so hard to get over, yet satisfying. And, uh, you know, we've spoken about that. Uh, Overall, I loved the way it only showed a very, very small part of what they have gone through, yet made such a big impact with what they did show. So that's kind of the seasons thing where, you know, it it finished, you finished a big section and then it just went fall or winter or whatever. And, you know, there's there's clearly a lot of stuff has happened between them, but they, you know, they've they've only focused on certain parts. Yeah, they sh- they only show the bits that have had an effect on the character, and then when it skips forward a few weeks, you can really see the effect that it's had. I think that's mm-hmm. that was perfect, and it, yeah. it also seeing something that impactful like um, when Henry shot himself in the face, yeah, and then Head suddenly it comes up with like the season, and it's this bold black screen. It gives you another moment to kind of take it in, and you're like, wow, that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of like, yeah, that happened, they've moved on, here they are, still going. Yeah. Um, then he asked a few quick-fire questions. Did you use headphones and or get a special edition? I used headphones, didn't have a special edition. I didn't use headphones, but I had a special edition. I had the Joel edition. Uh, did you read the comics? No. I read the first one that came with a special edition, and then none of the other ones. Got another email here from Alan Thomas, also known as Zonal Ripper, who's the host of our Brother in Arms podcast, the PlayStation Show UK. Yes. He says, hi guys, hope you are all doing well. Just wanted to add my input on The Last of Us. Having completed my first playthrough and getting all collectibles, I'm just about to set off on my journey into survivor mode, but I thought I would email you fine people about my thoughts on the ending. 
I kind of had very mixed feelings about the ending, not mixed feelings of whether it was good or bad, but mixed feelings on how it plays out. Being a father myself, I totally understood Joel's need to protect Ellie and stop the fireflies from killing her to extract a cure. However, at the same time, sacrificing Ellie would be for the greater good and put an end to those annoying clickers. Brackets, hooray. Do you guys feel the ending was left open or are you happy with the thought that they just went on surviving and telling one another appalling jokes? I think that it's inevitable that something's going to happen. I don't want to see a sequel, though. It's inevitable that something would happen to Ellie and Joel, whether it's Ellie finds out the whole truth from the Fireflies or someone sees that she's infected and thinks, hang on, that's weird. She's got an infection on her arm. Um, The thing is, I reckon Ellie knows that Joel's lying. I do as well. Because, I mean, why would she question it so blatantly? It was clearly playing on her mind as well from the fact that she was so distracted. Yeah, but then the way that she says, okay, you know, and she's just accepts that he's lying, mm-hmm. that to me really shows that she's just willing to be there for him. Anyway, might see you guys around Eurogamer this year. Love, Zonal Rip. He didn't say love, but <laughs> I'm sure he, I'm sure he, it was implied. Yes. Goff Balls. Hey, Goff. It's a good name. He's written a bit of an essay, so ah, settle in. I'm going to get comfortable. I'd like to start off by mentioning I'm a first-time caller emailer to the notorious PlayStation Radio UK, which I'd like to make more frequent, as well as write you guys a review on iTunes. The Last of Us, as I'm sure you've already praised, is deserving of said praise, and of any praise it gets. It's a terrific game with many goods that make it that terrific game, which I won't mention, as I'm sure, once again, that you've already talked about those inevitable feels. We have. With the high scores the game received, as well as the awards, and as well as the opportunity of The Last of Us becoming Game of the Year, really either this or Bioshock, The Last of Us will win, there are a few flaws that really stood out. Now I could easily write this about how great the game is and why it is so, but I felt that writing about what I didn't like would add to some great discussions. This game gives you the option to use stealth, and I love espionage. I wanted to try and avoid conflict as much as possible for different reasons, like discovering the amount of stealth you can use, how intelligent the uh, AI really is, and to conserve ammo. So... Do you want me to read it? Please. So playing, I felt that even though stealth was shoved in your face as an option since the beginning, there are points in which this option is not possible as the game does not allow it. A big one being when Bill takes you to the high school to find a car battery. You're looking straight at the building and see infected walking amongst the buses. Bill even says something about stealth. Regardless, true stealth cannot be achieved. There's a point where you have to walk past a bus, then the infected take notice. I sat there for about an hour, getting upset. (laughs) He was just sitting there for an hour, getting upset. (laughs) I sat there for about an hour, getting upset at how incredibly silent I was, yet always alerting the horde. Again and again, I restarted the encounter to satisfy my urge for silent kills using the bow and arrow. I found that as soon as you pass the bus, the game just sends the infected towards you. I guess to give you a sense of panic and danger, leading to Joel and Ellie hurrying to the top of the bus and inside the building, then holding the door back for Bill and he does his thing. Now, that's fine to have that moment and to even give the players that rush before the cutscene, but it didn't satisfy me, it felt pretty cheap having a set point like that. Could have been replaced with the destination being further and when they jump off the bus they step on glass, leaving the player to run and gun his way to the building or something. Instead they made it as if the player had messed up on their tactics and for a while, I felt that way until that discovery. Okay, so basically, there's bits in the game where you cannot use stealth, even though it hints that you should. Mm-hmm. And it punishes you for not using stealth. Yeah. Which is a good point. I never, I didn't try and do that stealthily enough to have noticed that. Well, I used, I used the good old-fashioned tactic of, because they were so tight-knit, you throw a bottle or a brick into one place and then they all swarm around it and then you throw a molotov and they all just die and yeah. so they're all dead by the time i no there's a disrupted event where they chase you into the you have to climb in the window and they're chasing you i'm fairly sure i killed all of those i, I know that bit like we managed to get through the fence and then they started running at the fence yeah but we were already through by that point okay huh well i know there are some sections like that and there's bits where if you've upgraded your hearing ability you can then see the infected suddenly move towards you once you get past a certain point. You know, little bits like that that reminds you reminds you that you're playing a game. Yeah. Um, now Goff goes on to say, there are a few more things that bugged me, 
but I don't have much time to write about them, unfortunately. I'm not sure if you guys have talked about any of the negatives, but if you haven't, or after reading what I felt, was there anything in the game that was similar to that experience, or any changes that you would have made? That's a good question. Are there any changes that you would make to The Last of Us? Um, well, we were talking about this on the podcast the other day. Um, the Uncharted noises Ooh, were good kind one. of annoying, where it Here's says that. press L3 and it makes the, the little you found a treasure noise from Uncharted. Didn't like that. Also, the bit where it, it's kind of obvious that you're about to go into a cutscene um, or a little scripted event, like Ellie's waiting outside a door um, and or you know you're on your own and you've cleared every room and there's just one room left to go into and you can tell yeah. as soon as you walk in there the camera angle is going to change it's going to take control from you and something's going to jump you or something like that that happened a few times and pretty much every time I could tell it was going to happen yeah uh, which which is a shame and it's such a small thing and um, there's a couple of things I would have changed in the combat kind of area one of them being and the combat's superb like I mean these are little niggling things that don't even matter. Uh, one of them is more objects that you can throw. Like, it's just brick, bottle, brick, bottle, 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 brick, brick, you know. Mm -hmm. they're the Carrying more than one bottle would, would be nice as well. Yeah, the melee weapons, they get broken pretty quickly. And there's a lot of games that do this, where you're holding a metal pole and suddenly it breaks. Yes. It doesn't make much sense. I would have rather had it like the guy you're fighting, eventually, when, like, you know how they've got the bar that says when your weapon's going to run out? Mm-hmm. If they didn't show that, but instead, sometimes the enemy would just grab the pole and throw it away. Like, you know how, just put his hand up and grab the pole that you're holding and then throw yeah. it away. That would have been a much more realistic way for you to lose your weapon. Hmm. Especially yeah. when it's a metal pole and it's not going to break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were also things with the uh, the clickers. I actually kind of hoped there would be more varieties of those. Yeah, I suppose. More varieties of infected. Because, I mean, the, the big bastards, you only saw, like, three of those throughout the game, and then there were, like, or maybe six of those throughout the game, and half of them were in one section right at the end, um, which, you know, was a shame. And I know they don't want to just throw their ace card every two minutes, but even seeing those, it didn't bother me because... And, again, this is because probably I was playing it on a lower difficulty. They didn't worry me because I knew I could take them down. And when those three were there... I couldn't take them down. It was the first time in the game where I actually had to sit there and think about how I was going to get past them. And there were just so many bottles lying around. I just threw a bottle, you know, next to them and they all looked at it and then I threw one a bit further and then they chased it and so on and so forth until I was able just to walk past them. Mm -hmm. um, there was one part where uh, you just pointed out to me, basically there's monkeys and they're infected and you find out that's the, they're what turned the whole of the, the first lab you go to into clickers. Yes. Um, so that implies that all the animals in the world are immune to the virus. I was expecting a few more jump scares, maybe, when you're underwater. Oh, the water sections in the game were pants. They need to get fixed. The gameplay yep. was awful. Fix that. That and also the... You can hear through walls and see silhouettes. Yeah, I think that should that. only be turned on by default on easy mode. Especially in the uh, multiplayer. Why is that there? Yeah, it just diffuses all tension for me. Like, I, I was never scared during that game. Well, because I, I, I knew where scared. everyone was. I was scared a lot. Uh, I didn't use the listening though. I didn't use it too much. I oh, see. I used it all the time because I wanted to know what was going on, and that was part of the telltale thing. Is you know when you've just come into a building and you can't see anyone using the the hearing thing, you can tell that you're about to go into a scripted event where lots of enemies are going to show up. Um, yeah. So it kind of just forecasts. Technical like, flaws, which I feel is a like shame. It's not needed though. The listening thing is basically Joel is listening and he can hear the enemy and he's guessing where they are. Mm. Yeah, just like you would in real life. Well, stick on some headphones and just do that. You know, listen to the game. Yeah. That's what See, they should have encouraged. I, I upgraded that power all the way and it was just ridiculous. I didn't I, upgrade I knew, it once. I knew where everything was. I sometimes was took the choice to not upgrade things because I knew that it would kind of lessen the game experience I was having like the clickers mm. could kill me in one hit and I could have upgraded it so that I could shiv them while they try and bite me but I didn't because I thought I'm kind of although it's sometimes annoying I enjoy the fact that clickers terrify me mm. um, yeah. so some of the stuff like some of the upgrades and stuff I wouldn't mind if they get rid of them little things like that also if all the humans are invulnerable to the to the virus if they're immune 
Surely they could have found a, like a cure by now. Not humans, sorry, animals. Like monkeys, right, okay. giraffes, dogs. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, we have a couple of animals on Earth that are immune to cancer. And we are currently researching them to find out why. Why wouldn't they have done that with animals by now in The Last of Us? I have no idea. They, they clearly had, you know, their, their brightest and best working on it in, with the fireflies. But from, from what we saw, there was only three people working on it. And I killed two of them, so they're pretty <laughs> fucked. And you know, who's to say that there's there's a there's another part of the world where they have sorted out, or let alone you know just another part of America where it's sorted. Yep. We just we just don't know. Um, I also think it's crazy that I know there were lots of uh, infected around, which might scare people away from things like a hydroelectric plant and stuff like that. But you know, if you can just find a few people like Joel and give them enough weapons, he could clear out the entire country of these things, easily. But that's that's the way you played it. I played it and I must have killed like three clickers the whole time, because they just scared me shitless. And how many times did they kill me while I was trying to kill them? You know, if there was a million Joels, I still couldn't clear out the whole of the world See, when I, I played it. I, that was another thing that annoyed me about the clickers, is is their one-hit kill thing. I know they're, they're deadly, but for some reason, I think the, the runners should be more deadly than the clickers. They are, though. Well, the thing is, they, they can't one-hit kill you. They can't, but every time I was killed by a zombie, it was usually... The runners came flying after me, they start beating me to shit, and then a clicker comes up and kills me. Or, if mm. the clicker doesn't get there in time, I'm just pummeled into the ground in that horrible death animation where, like, they're hitting you like a chimp. Yeah. That that terrified me. There were some moments where I got completely surrounded and I had to just walk away from the game because my heart was going too fast. And I thought, <laughs> I'm going to die in real See, life. See, that's such a shame because I never had that. I never got that. I'm, I'm going to play it on a harder difficulty. No, you're going to play it on survival. Time through, and you're going to feel that, trust it. me. Never got that. Um, part of me thinks that a way they could have made the enemies just a bit more intense were they gave the runners the, the one-hit-kill-bite thing, but they run as well. Um, and they upgraded the clickers, so they had the... You know the thing that the big fat guys had, where they sort of spat these spore explosion things at you? Yeah. If the clickers were literally just walking time bombs, and they just sort of stagger towards you and blow up. I don't know, I love it the way it is. I think that it's just a simple difficulty thing, that you need to put the difficulty up and you'll feel the same. Maybe. It's just... it's Maybe they should have just done away with difficulty altogether. Yeah. So is that all the questions we've got, Ben? That is indeed. Simon, we're out of questions. I think that's all we've got to say for now. It's a phenomenal game. Obviously, if you're yeah. listening to this or watching this, you've uh, you played, played it. it. And there's probably stuff that we haven't touched on. So, I mean, if you want to send us an email and talk about it, your experience, then we'll, we'll talk about it on the next episode as well. Yep. Fish and chips at playstationradio.co.uk or just leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. Love you, bye. Cheers, Simon. Love you, bye. Thank you.